Hey, church family, Pastor Steve here. Just wanted to let you know that tonight on Wednesday night, we're going to be starting our forgiveness challenge. Uh, if you're watching this video, it's because we're not live streaming for the next six weeks, but we are going to be giving you the teaching. Uh, so I'm going to be coming to you every Wednesday night for the next six weeks and, and pre-teaching what we're going to be talking about in person. So if you can't be here in person, you can still participate. As a matter of fact, underneath this video, I'll give you an attachment to be able to go and download uh, the actual questions that everybody's going to be meeting and talking about after the fact. Uh, so you can download that and go through the questions yourselves after it, uh, even if you can't be here to be a part of the breakout sessions and the small groups. Uh, if you are here uh, in person, then obviously we're only going to have about a 20-minute teaching, a little bit of worship, and then everybody's going to break out into small groups to talk about what we've discussed today. So today we're, we're, we're doing the Forgiveness Challenge, which is a uh, challenge that was put out by Pastor Mark Driscoll a few years ago. And uh, the Forgiveness Challenge is, is very very uh, important. It's something that I think is, is extremely uh, important that we go through as a church family. And the last few weeks, we've been talking about the heart and heart health. And uh, I've actually preached on forgiveness for the last two Sundays, uh, but this is going to be a little more drilled down and in depth. So we're going to be talking about the seven reasons to forgive. We're going to have a few guest speakers over the course of these six weeks. Uh, next week, we'll have uh, Pastor Brian Norman. Uh, the week after that, we will have Pastor Kenny Berger and uh, Pastor Jess Miller will be doing a week as well. And then uh, I'm going to be doing the first and the last, and then we'll have some other people in between. Uh, so make sure that you tune in each week for the, for the Forgiveness Challenge. If you're solely watching online, uh, you'll get me every week. So every week I'm going to be doing uh, each session for you online. Uh, if you're here in person, then you'll hear the other guest speakers. So the Forgiveness Challenge by Mark Driscoll was put out uh, through a, after a time of intense uh, forgiveness in his life that he and his family kind of had to walk through and go through. And uh, in that time, he studied it in detail and put out a mini booklet called The Forgiveness Challenge. Uh, I've used it in counseling sessions, and I've used it in, in teaching here and there. Uh, but this is the first time that I've rolled through it as a source of teaching over a, over a period of six weeks. So in the six weeks, we're going to be talking about that. Tonight is reason one. Reason one to forgive is because forgiveness glorifies God. Let's pray and then we'll jump into the content. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come together tonight, uh, whether in person or online. Uh, Lord, you are in it. And we thank you, Father, for, for moving in our own lives and in our hearts. Help us to receive what we learn about tonight and what we uh, need to know uh, about forgiveness. Lord, just, just work in our lives in this area. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So Exodus 34, 6-7 through seven is our key scripture for tonight, and it reads like this. The Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin, but I do not excuse the guilty. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children and grandchildren. The entire family is affected, even children into the third and fourth 
generations. So you can tell a lot about somebody by how they introduce themselves, right? Have you ever ran into someone and they introduce themselves in such a way that you immediately kind of get a feel for who they are? Uh, there's a running joke uh, about uh, pilots, and I know a, a couple of pilots that are friends of mine, and they uh, even say the joke that if you want to know if someone's a pilot or not, don't worry, they'll share it with you. They'll tell you. And, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of true of a lot of different occupations and the way people are is how they present themselves, how they introduce themselves uh, in the beginning. What's the first thing that you personally want someone to know when they first meet you, right? What, what is that first thing that you want somebody to know? What's first and foremost in your mind that when I meet somebody new, I want them to know this about me? How do you usually introduce yourself? Uh, I, I think about Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, you know, social media sites. They usually have a description of the person, and I read those descriptions on a regular basis. I don't know if you do or not, but whenever someone does a friend request for me, I read the short description under their name of uh, how they describe or introduce themselves. I thought about mine, and my personal description is, reads like this. Jesus follower, husband, father, pop pop, pastor, and marriage speaker. Uh, that's kind of the order uh, that I set my priorities in my life. You know, that, that first of all, first and foremost, I'm a Jesus follower. Uh, secondly, I'm a husband. And uh, the husband is a, my relationship with my wife comes next only, only to my relationship to God. And then I'm a father. You know, I have a relationship with my kids. And then I'm a pop-pop. I have a relationship with my grandson and my soon-to-be granddaughter. Uh, we'll have a relationship. I'm a pastor. I have a relationship with the church uh, that I pastor, the church that I, that I lead. And then I'm a marriage speaker. So I, and that comes after, after pastoring. So these are, these are areas in my life that I, I set in order. So when somebody goes to one of my social media sites, they see, uh, okay, this is, the, this is the order in which Steve sees himself. This is how I introduce myself. So God also has a description of himself that he uses multiple times in Scripture. We just heard it in Exodus 34. But God wants to be known by a few things. He wants to be known by his compassion. He wants to be known by his mercy. He wants to be known by his patience, his forbearance. He wants to be known by his loving faithfulness. And he wants to be known that he's a just God. So God wants to introduce himself to people who are guilty, people who are rebellious, people who are sinners, people who are battered and broken, uh, people who need hope, people who need love, uh, those needing the healing that forgiveness offers. So God introduces himself in such a way so that anybody dealing with any of those obstacles in their life or any of those situations knows who God is, who God needs, needs to be in their life. A lot of times God is mis misrepresented by people uh, people think they know uh, the, the attributes of God, but they misrepresent Him to be the attributes of themselves. You know, but God has match attributes that are loving, compassionate, patient, uh, forgiving. You know, those are the attributes, the true attributes of God. He also reminds us that there are people who will have and who will and have uh, rejected him and, and are currently rejecting him and, and, and reject his forgiveness. And because of that, they only receive justice instead of forgiveness. So if they reject the forgiveness of Christ and the atonement of sins for what Christ did on the cross, then they receive justice because he's a just God. So he's a loving, forgiving, compassionate, merciful God, but he's also a just God. And we have to receive uh, what he has done for us in order for us to, to participate in, in eternal life. Right, So other religions out there, such as Buddhism, Hinduism, uh, there's no God that is loving 
and restoring and forgiving. Uh, people expect in those religions to live out cycles of reincarnation, to pay off debt of karma, right? Uh, we use karma today to describe people getting what's coming to them. I even hear Christians use the, the verbiage karma today. And, you know, it's, a, it's an Eastern religion thing. It's not necessarily something uh, that we Christians should tout or speak about because that's not who our God is, right? Our, our God doesn't make you pay uh, for the things that you've done wrong. But if you come to him in repentance, he forgives you and, 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 and lifts you up out of that moment, right? So we use karma today to describe those kinds of things. But honestly, there's a similar uh, semblance in the, in the word of God. And that similarity is uh, that we reap what we sow, right? The scripture said that we reap what we sow. Uh, however, where, the, where karma lacks in reaping and sowing uh, comes forth is that karma lacks a loving, forgiving, restoring God who sets things right for those that love him. So we reap what we sow unless uh, we go to God and be forgiven of our sins and be forgiven of our past and be forgiven of the things that we've done wrong. Uh, and then obviously God sets us right and restores us into right standing with him into our life, right? Where karma doesn't do that. Uh, even the Old Testament Judaism required sacrifice made on the behalf of sinner at the temple offered by the priest, right? So now obviously we know that was a, that was a foretold uh, uh, semblance of what Jesus was going to do as the, as the lamb who was slain on the cross you know, for all sins of all mankind. So, so what was going on in old school Judaism was actually just a foretelling of Jesus and what Jesus was going to do on the cross. Uh, Islam actually has a concept of forgiveness, but only merited by the works of the sinner to make atonement. So in other words, there is forgiveness in Islam, but only if the sinner uh, merits that forgiveness, if he's done something to, to right himself, right? Uh, where in Christianity, forgiveness is the actual foundation of Christianity, that no matter, while you were yet still sinners, Christ died for you. That means that you can come to him in your state, where you are, where you find yourself right now, and accept him, and Jesus will forgive you. Right, And then from that point forward, we strive to do good works, to, to, to make atonement, uh, because we're so grateful for what Jesus did to forgive us, but we don't have to do the works to be forgiven. Right, So, the, so it's a, it can be a, a bit complicated, but it's really very simple. The gospel is really simple. If we come to Jesus and we're broken, uh, He'll lift us up, He'll restore us, He'll, he'll bring us in, in our repentance, He'll restore us to right standing with God. So unless we're forgiven by God through Jesus Christ, we have no joyful relationship with God in either this life or the next, right? And likewise, unless we forgive others and are forgiven by others, we have no joyful relationship with other people. So it's, it's, it's a mirrored effect of what's happening on the earth between what happens between us and our Heavenly Father. Right? If, we, if we aren't forgiven by God and we haven't repented and, and God hasn't forgiven us, then we have no relationship with Him. But because we can repent, we have the gift of repentance and God forgives us, then we can have joyful relationship with Him. And then that's mirrored in our earthly relationships. If you look at a cross, right, you have the, the vertical portion of the cross, which is between us and God, and then you have the horizontal portion of the cross, which is between us and others. So the, the vertical is our relationship with God needs to be in, in restored, and it is restored by the work of the cross. And then our relationship with each other can also be restored by the work of the cross, because uh, what God does for us, we can do for others. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says this, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. So you say, Pastor Steve, why should I forgive? 
why should I let let go, you know, to people who are sinful and undeserving and people who, who did me wrong? Why should I forgive? Reason number one is this, because of the glory of God. So how is that? Why, why does the glory of God, uh, why is that a reason for forgiveness? Well, this is why. In Genesis, God made men and women in His likeness. So in our likeness, it says in our likeness, we made men, right? In, in our likeness, we made them male and female. We created them. So we, we get the, the honor and the greatest dignity being bestowed on any created thing to be made in God's likeness. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty incredible. So Jesus, we know from the scriptures, from the New Testament, Old Testament, Jesus is the perfect mirror of God the Father. John 14, 9 says, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus is the mirror we also should be reflecting in our own lives. So it's a two-way mirror. It's a mirror that reflects the love of the Father. Jesus reflects all that the Father is. And then we're supposed to reflect all that Jesus is to other people, right? So it's a two-way mirror. It's, an, it's a vertical mirror and a horizontal mirror. And we need to recognize how that plays out in our lives. Hebrews 1.3 says this, The sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. So who we see in Jesus is the character of God the Father. Jesus forgives people. It reflects the forgiving nature of the Father's heart of our Father God. When we forgive people, then we reflect the forgiving heart of Jesus Christ. So as Christians, forgiveness has far more to do with, with you and God than you and the other person. That's why the glory of God is reason number one to forgive. It has far more to do between you and God than it does between you and the person that you're forgiving. Luke 6.35 says this, Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. What? Uh, then your reward from heaven will be very great. And you will truly be acting as children of the Most High, for He is the kindest to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate just as your Father is compassionate. So we see in Scripture the family resemblance between Jesus, uh, the Son, and the Father. And as Christians, we should display the same family resemblance. Uh, the other day I had my grandson Waylon and we were walking around Home Depot and I was checking out some tools and some things, uh, doing some work at the house. And uh, I went over because there's some workbenches there that were very nice. And I was like, man, I, I really would like to have these in my garage at some point when I re redo our garage. I really would love to have some workbenches like this. And I was, I was just pounding on them and checking them out. And, and uh, I turned around for a moment and Waylon had leaned over in the cart and was pounding on the tables just like me. So he was doing what I did, right? Uh, he was resembling his grandfather. Uh, so in that moment, he was watching me and what I was doing, and he was trying to do it too. In the same way that Waylon was imitating me in Home Depot is the way that we need to be as Christians imitating Christ in our lives. Paul said in Ephesians 5.1, Imitate God in all that you do, because you are his dear children. Amen. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to learn about forgiveness and continue to, to build it and let it flow in our life. Lord, we just pray that you would have your way in our hearts. Help us, Lord, especially those of us who are listening today and watching today who are dealing with unforgiveness in the heart. Uh, let, us, let us be aware, Lord, that unforgiveness is demonic. Uh, unforgiveness is something that creates an atmosphere in our world and in our life that creates a, a demonic response to people. Uh, but because we are your children, Lord, 
uh, we can be set free from that. We can, you can have the roots of bitterness pulled out of our hearts, Lord. Uh, we can be forgiving to people and love people the way you love people. Give us your eyes for people, Lord. Give us your heart for people, Lord. And those who are watching today that need that heart reset and need bitterness pulled out and need to be able to forgive, I pray, Lord, that through this teaching and through this time in the six weeks uh, that they will be restored in that area. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, church, God bless you guys. Uh, we're done for this week. So make sure and, and come back and join us next week uh, as we premiere both on YouTube and Facebook uh, the portions of the teachings, uh, the six parts of the Forgiveness Challenge. God bless you.